with me again this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. We are looking once again, as we did last Sunday, in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 43. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 43. And we will begin reading with verse 18. Read verse 18 and 19. Isaiah, chapter number 43. Reading verses 18 and 19. The word of the Lord says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God said, I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to spring forth. Will you not know it? Father, thank you for the word of the Lord today. God, pray today again that your anointing will rest upon the message and the messenger today. Father, help us, Father, let the Spirit of God enable and empower us to deliver your word. God, let us listen, but not only listen, but Lord, may we apply the word that we hear today and respond to it today for the glory of God we ask in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you may be reseated one more time this morning. Well, as I shared with you last Sunday morning, uh, at the end of every year, I spend some time uh, in, in the presence of the Lord asking God what it is that He wants for our church for the coming year. And as I was praying in the months of October and November, uh, I heard the Lord speak a word to me. He didn't speak a, a bunch of words to me. He just spoke one single word to me. And the word that I heard the Lord speak was the word change. The word change. I believe that 2010 will be a year for change for New Bethel. Amen. Now, in the past couple of weeks, I've had several things happen that have confirmed to me that I believe that I indeed have heard correctly from the Lord. Well, you say, Pastor, what's going to take place? What's going to change? What do you have in mind? I'm sure you're just, you know, you're just really uh, working us really good to get us ready. I'm sure you've just got something in mind and you're setting us up and all of that because I know how some people think. But I promise you I'm not setting you up. And I promise you that I know very little more than what you do. I cannot give you specifics. Uh, God didn't give me a list of five or ten things that he wanted me to change or that would happen or change in New Bethel in the coming year. He simply spoke the word change. Seldom does God give me details when he speaks to me. Uh, usually the Lord just gives me enough to get me started on the path that he wants me on. And once I obey and get on the path that, I, that he is leading me in, then he begins to unfold more of the details. So as we go along in this coming year, I believe that we will see uh, those changes that are happening and taking place as God unfolds those before our very eyes. Now, obviously there's going to be change coming in our praise and our worship. Uh, Pastor Carl, who was our uh, praise and worship leader for the past seven years, resigned. Uh, he felt led of the Lord. The, the Lord was redirecting his ministry. He is now pastoring Destiny Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And this was his, uh, 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 his deal. He felt this was the Lord. And, and so we're without a, a praise and, and worship leader. And so, of course, we've got to, you know, get busy and, and find someone. And the Lord has led and directed us. And we'll have, don't have time to share about that. But obviously, there's going to be change coming in our praise and our worship. Our leader is going to change. 
And just changing leaders, that that makes change come about. Our style will change as a new man with a different personality. Braden does not have the same personality that Pastor Carl has. He's not supposed to. If God wanted us to have somebody, a clone of Pastor Carl, he would have just left Pastor Carl in place. But God has something new. He has something different. He has something fresh. He wants to change things at New Bethel. Our style will change as a new man with a a new personality begins to unfold his gifts, his talents, and his ability. Well, we're also going to change on purpose. We're also going to make some change on, changes on purpose as we try and diversify uh, and appeal to the various different people groups that make up Arlington and our church. Look around you this morning. There's not all white folks. There's some black folk here today. There's some brown folk here today. Hey man, there's some white folk here today. There's some that's kind of polka dot like me. I mean, just look around. We're not all out of the same uh, cookie cutter. And I'm excited about it. I, I think that's just a little bit of taste of what heaven is going to be like. Amen. But we need to, we need to begin to change our style just a bit or include some other styles. Amen. So that we'll be more appealing to those that are, uh, that we're trying to reach that are around our church and around this part of the country. Well, change is coming and we need to prepare ourselves for it so that we will not be caught off guard when it arrives. Well, last week we began to make an acrostic with this word change. And for the letter C last Sunday, we talked about, I used the word courage. How many understand that it takes courage to change? It takes courage to change. Change isn't easy. It's not easy to change. And the older that we get, the harder it is for us to change. And this is why most people don't change. Because it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, They get into a routine and God help that person that suggests that their routine be interrupted. We are so routine oriented that we even have a routine for getting ready for work in the morning. We all do the same thing every, every single morning. At least I do. Every single morning I wake up and I go to the bathroom. I know you really wanted to hear that, didn't you? Amen. But I have my routine, day in and day out, seven days a week, in the, every uh, single morning. I wake him up in the morning. I go to the bathroom, first of all. Then I brush my teeth. And then I shave. And then I take my shower. And uh, then while I'm getting dressed, I make my coffee. And then I'm, I, I give my wife a kiss before I drink my coffee because she doesn't like coffee breath. And so I make sure before I start drinking my coffee that I get a good, long, passionate kiss from my wife. Amen. I mean, you can time me to the minute. It's the same every single day. I'm pretty sure you've got your routine as well. Takes courage to change. Takes courage to break out of our comfort zone and break out of our routine. Oh, it's sad, but World War III breaks out in a lot of churches, amen, over the very smallest of things. And most churches major on minor things. How many understand that every established church has its sacred cows? Every church that has been in existence for very many years have their sacred cows. I like what Mark Twain said. Mark Twain said, sacred cows make the tastiest hamburgers. The question that I need to ask, the question of the day is, do we have the courage that it takes to change? It's going to take some courage on our part in order to change. 
Make it an acrostic with the word change. 2010 will be a year for change. For the letter H I gave you last Sunday, I'm using the word hindrances. Hindrances. There will always be hindrances to change. People are inclined to resist change. I hate to admit it, but the church is usually the last place on planet earth where change occurs. Heard about a hundred-year-old man in the church. He was 100 years of age and he had been in the church all of his life. And they were interviewing him and they said, wow, sir, you're 100 years old. Old and you've been in church all of your life. Man, in a hundred years, I can't imagine how many changes. You must have seen a host of changes in the church in the last hundred years. And the old fellow replied, yes, sir. And I was again every single one of them. (laughs) Truth of the matter is, by the time that most churches make a change in a certain area, it's already time to change again. Well, last week we talked about three hindrances to change. And I want to just mention them briefly. I'm just getting everyone reminding you that we're here. And there are folks that were not here last Sunday getting everybody on the same page. So three hindrances to change we talked about. The first one is preference. Preference is a hindrance to change. You see, most things are neither right nor wrong, but simply a matter of taste. Just preference. Bill and Jack and Kurt purchased new cars of the same make and model. Bill bought a white one and Jack bought a red one and Kurt bought a blue one. All three had brand new cars, all of them with the same make and model, but each man had his own preference of color and each man thinks that the color he picked is the best one. Who's right? Who's wrong? Neither are either right nor wrong. It's simply a matter of taste, a matter of preference. You know, a lot of people that refuse to change, they'll point to this or they'll point to that or they'll point to something else. But when you get to the truth of the matter, it's simply preference. Another hindrance to change that we talked about is power. Power. People think, well, if we change, I might lose my position. I mean, I've held this position for 20 years. Well, I've always been in charge of this. Well, I've always run this program. Well, I've always done this or that or something else. How, if we make a change, I might lose my position. I I might lose my authority. People can be very territorial. And still another hindrance to change is pride. Pride. Somehow we think that if we change something that we are admitting that what we have been doing in the past was wrong. No, no, no. It was good. It might have even been great for its day. It was wonderful. It was the will of God. God was all up in it. It was awesome and incredible for its day. It served its purpose and its time. But now it's time to move on to something else. Now God wants to lead us in a new direction. God wants to do something new and fresh. Amen. In and through our lives. We're talking about change this morning. God is saying to us, change is coming. I believe that God is leading us into change. I'm trying to prepare us this morning. We're beginning our time of preparation by simply talking about change. Let's continue with our acrostic. For the C, I use the word courage. For the H, I use the word hindrances. And for the A, I'm using the word anxiety. Anxiety. How many, how many understand that change can be scary? 
Change can be scary. I'll, I'll never forget when I was 30, 33 years of age, I made a pastoral change. I, I was pastoring a church of about 130 people. I had built a new building there and things were going well. Things were going good and, and, and there was no problems or difficulty. And, and I was loved by the people and we loved the people and we were doing very, very well in every area. And all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, a church of 330 people contacted me and started talking about uh, me becoming their pastor. I had not applied for the church. I had not looked into it. They came after me. And after much time of, 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 of talking with them, after much time of praying and seeking God and seeking the direction of God, we decided that it was the will of God for us to make this pastoral change and leave this church of 130 and become pastor, senior pastors of this church of about 330. Well, that meant that I went from being the only pastor on staff to a church that had a staff, had an administrative assistant, had a daycare, had a preschool. Things were going on all the time. I, I had to oversee all of the, the, all of the directors. I had to oversee the teachers and the workers at the school and at the preschool and at the daycare and all of these things and, and all of these things that were happening that I, I had never done before. And I had never had that on my plate before and, and really had no training for it. But, but I found myself there and I'll never forget, I'll never forget my first day on the job. My first day on the job, I drove up to my office and I was in my automobile and all of a sudden the weight of it hit me. All of a sudden I knew that right inside that door was new territory for me. Right inside that door there was responsibilities that I had never had. I had never known. Uh, there was a lot of things going on that I didn't even really know You know what in the world was going on, what I, how I was going to do it. And I'm just 33 years of age and, and I mean I just am overwhelmed with anxiety about this new day and this new uh, new thing that was in my life and I want to tell you that I just absolutely broke down put my hands in my face and wept like a baby change is difficult change can be scary well I wept for a moment or two then I dried my eyes and I took a deep breath probably took two or three deep breaths and and I mustered up all the courage that I had and I walked through that front door, that door of my office, not knowing what was awaiting me, not knowing all that I was going to have to face and all that I was going to have to do. It only took me about a couple of weeks to become comfortable. Seriously, in a couple of weeks, I was comfortable and uh, felt uh, things were going, uh, you know, I had a, no problem handling those, those pressures and handling those responsibility. And, and a couple of weeks into it, I'm feeling comfortable. And then a few years later, a few years later, I hear God speak to me to leave what has now become comfortable and go to a city that I had never been in in my life and start a church from scratch. Leaving 330 people, leaving a nice building, leaving a nice salary, leaving a nice ministry, and going and starting a brand new church from scratch in a city I had never even been in before, beginning without any people, without a building, without any money. Change can be scary. Here's what's funny. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. The tomorrow that we are so anxious about will be the today that we will be so comfortable with once we actually get there. 
The present that we are so familiar with was the past that we were so anxious about. Let me tell you something this morning. The God who brought us to where we are now and made us like it is the same God that can take us to where we are, where He wants us to be. Amen. And the future that we are so anxious about will become the present that we will be so comfortable with once He gets us there. I like what Max Dupree said. He said, we cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. We cannot become... What we need to be by remaining what we are. I don't know if there's anyone in this room today that is totally 100% satisfied with where you are and everything that is happening and taking place in your life today. But listen, in order for things to change, in order for God to take you where you're not yet, He's going to have to take you from where you are now to take you to where you want to be. And so we cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. Paul wrote in... uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7. Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Or in other words, don't worry about anything. Wow, Paul, how in the world could we not be anxious about anything? How could we worry about nothing? Well, thanks for asking, Paul says. He says, I'm going to give you the, the, how to do it. He said, be anxious for nothing, but... In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so he said, and instead of being anxious, instead of fretting, instead of wringing your hands, instead of being worrying about everything, if instead you will pray about everything, he said, this is the result, verse 7, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Talking about change this morning. Change is on the way. Change is coming. I believe. Let's move on this morning. For the end in our acrostic, I'm using the word necessary. Necessary. I like what Bruce Barton said. He said, when you're through changing, you're through. When you're through changing, you're through. I used to tell the people in Midland, when we're finished, we're finished. Yeah, when we're finished, when we say, hey, man, you know, we got 400 and some people come to New Bethel. Man, we got two good services, got a beautiful facility, man. We got a pavilion in back. We got a great youth room. The youth is growing. Man, oh man, we got good and great things going on in New Bethel, man. We're finished. Wow, we're finished. We've arrived. Well, when you're finished, you're finished. So we can never be finished. Amen. We can never be finished. Amen. Brother Riker told me one time, sweetheart, he said, Pastor, he said, you know, when we reach that 200,000 admissions, you're going to, I know you, you're going to go for 300,000. He loves me, man. He's my buddy. But he said, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we get 300,000, we're going for 500,000. Amen. Because when you're fi- when you finish, you're finished. I don't know about you. I'm not ready to be on the finish line. I don't know about you, but I'm not through yet. I'm not finished yet. Amen. I think God wants to take us to a new place in Him. There's places we've never been in our life. Amen. God has awesome and incredible and unbelievable things. This is just a drop in the bucket to what God wants to do in New Bethel. Let's never get finished lest we be finished. Amen. 
When you're through changing, you're through. You see, anything that isn't changing is either dead or obsolete. How many understand God created everything to change? God created everything to change. Seasons, seasons change. You've got winter, you've got spring, you've got summer, you've got fall. Every single day of our life we see change. Because every single day of our life we see daylight turn into dark and then the darkness turns back into light. And people change. People change. We come into this world a tiny baby. I only weighed 4 pounds and 12 ounces when I was born. Didn't take me long to get over it. People change. We're born a baby. Then we become a toddler. Then we become a child. Then we become a teenager. And if our mom and dad doesn't kill us when we're a teenager... Then we become a young adult. And then we become a middle-ager. And then finally we become a senior citizen. People change. Did you hear about the little elderly couple that was uh, eating at McDonald's? And a man at the table next to them noticed that they cut their little hamburger in half. The old gentleman cut the hamburger in half and slid half of the hamburger over to his wife. And he kept the other half and... And then he counted out the french fries. One for you and one for me. One for you and one for me. One for you and one for me. He had bought one drink, but he had two cups. And he was pouring the one cup into two cups. The man sitting beside him couldn't help himself. He began to ask the elderly couple, said, what are, what are you doing? And the old gentleman said, why, we, we share everything 50-50. And he said, well... Sir, I noticed that your wife is the only one eating. Why aren't you eating your half of the food? And the elderly fellow said, said, I'm a gentleman. I believe in ladies first. And she has our teeth right now. We're going to get worse before we get better. Cindy told me after the first service, you're on the edge today, Pastor. Let me talk about three things that happens to us when we don't change. Number one, without change, we grow stagnant. 75% of churches in America today are either plateaued or declining. Why? They refuse to change. I'm personally aware of a church that has gone from 300 on Sunday morning, a a very vibrant, uh, viable, strong, thriving church of 300 down to 50 people. And all they have today is about 50 people. They refuse to change. You can go in there and go to a service there and it's like stepping back into time. The pastor brags publicly, though. He says, we're the only one left that's doing it right. (laughs) Duh. Pastor, your church is dying. Without change, we grow stagnant. Number two, without change, we grow stale. 
We grow stale. Oh, the chocolate cake that was so wonderful today will not be quite as good tomorrow. Oh, and won't be nearly as good in a few days. And what once was cutting edge a few years ago is out of date today. And the clothes that we wore 35 years ago that we thought were so cool. Man, 35 years ago I thought what I wore was cool. But the clothes that we wore 35 years ago that we thought were so cool are the clothes that our kids make fun of us about today. Without change, we grow stagnant. Without change, we become stale. Without change, we stink. Did you hear about the young lady that brought her baby into the doctor because the baby smelled so bad and she couldn't figure out why in the world the baby smelled so bad and the, to- the doctor examined the little baby and the doctor said, My goodness, lady, change this little baby's dirty diaper. But doctor, she said, it says right on the front of the pampers box, it holds up to 12 pounds. I told you it's going to get worse before it got better. I warned you. <laughs> but the truth of the matter remains this morning. If we don't change something for long enough, it will not only grow stagnant and not only become stale, but it will literally begin to stink. I believe that change is coming to New Bethel. Amen. I believe that God wants to take us where we've never been before. I think God wants to do some things in and through us that we've never seen before. I think He wants to give us some new direction. I think He wants to give us, amen, some new ways of doing things. Things are going to change in New Bethel. I believe, I feel in my spirit, amen, change is in the air. We're talking about change. This morning, change is coming. Exactly and precisely what these changes are, I can only speculate this morning. God has not given me clear direction yet. He simply spoke to me, amen, to get us prepared. Oh, But let me tell you something this morning. Not only will God lead us into change as a corporate body, as a church family unit, but I believe that individually God is going to deal with each and every one of us. I believe that He's going to call. I think He is calling for change in our individual lives as well. Yes, I believe that 2010 is a year for change for New Bethel. I believe that change is going to be coming uh, to New Bethel. But I also believe that God is calling each and every one of us individually. I think there's things in all of our lives that God says enough is enough. I put up with it long enough. I've tolerated it long enough. I've let you be a baby long enough. Now it's time to mature. Now it's time to grow up. Amen. It's time to change. It's time to put down some things. I believe change is coming for the individual as well as for this church family and I ask you this morning what is it that God is speaking to you about for 2010 what is it that God wants you to change in your life maybe he's calling for change in the way you treat others maybe it's time that you got rid of that chip off of your shoulder maybe it's time you stop getting angry every time somebody bumped you or said something or whatever it's time amen maybe it's time that you grew up and became mature amen in the Lord it was okay when you were a baby it was okay to suck your thumb when you were an infant amen it was okay to pout when you were a little child but you're not a child anymore it's time to grow up and understand that everybody's not going to treat you right and everybody's not going to say the right thing to you at the right time amen and uh, maybe it's time God wants want you to change in this area. Maybe he's calling for a change in your marriage. Uh, no, not to change another mate. I, you know, 
I, 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 oh, I said that and I saw a couple of people, their eyes just lit up. Oh, I've been waiting on this for a long time. How oh, God wants me to change mates. Boy, I'm going to get me one this time. going to be just like this, this, and this. Not talking about that. I'm not talking about it and God ain't talking about it. Amen. But maybe it's time that there be a change in your marriage. Amen. It's time that your marriage became what it needs to be. Maybe it's time for a change in your money and your spending habits. Maybe it's time for a change in your ministry. You've been doing it thus and so or maybe you've been doing it long enough. It's time to do something else. I don't know but there. what is it? Ask yourself and ask God. God, what is it that you want to change in my life in the coming year? Maybe this is the year for you to lay down that bad habit. You've carried that bad habit for years. Maybe you even have a habit nobody even knows about it. You have concealed it. Maybe you have one you don't think anybody knows about, but they do know about. I used to have a man in my church in Midland, and he was a used car salesman. Every time I went to visit him, I knew the man smoked. Come on. I knew it. Come on. But every time I'd see him, you know, he'd... You know, he'd be talking to me and he'd, put the, he'd, he'd move stuff around and hide stuff and, and spray and, and chew gum and all these. Hey, I, first of all, you don't have to answer to me. You don't have to answer to me. I'm not the one you have to answer to. Amen. I'm not talking, I'm not necessarily saying that some bad habit will send you to hell, but I want to tell you that maybe that bad habit will keep you from being all that God wants you to be. Amen. It will definitely damage your testimony. It will probably damage your health. Amen. And maybe God is saying, this is the year to lay it down. I put up with it long enough. I've let you have it long enough, but now it's time I'm calling for it to, to, to be gone out of your life. It's time to put it down. It's time to put it behind you. Amen. It's time for change in this area of your life. Maybe this is the year for you to stop medicating yourself. Maybe this, is ti- maybe this is the year for you to stop medicating yourself with food. We're gone to meddling now, huh? Get back on that tobacco, Pastor. I don't know about you, but I've always had a hard time with a 400-pound preacher sending somebody to hell for smoking cigarettes. Now, I'm not condoning smoking cigarettes. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But listen, you know, it may be cigarettes for you, or it might be alcohol, it might be food, whatever. Amen. Maybe this is a year for you to stop medicating yourself with food or with drink or with your credit cards. Every time, you, every time you're not feeling good, every time you're a little discouraged, every time you're a little blue or a little bit down, you either got to go to the refrigerator or you got to get you a stiff drink or you got to take the plastic out and go and, and, and buy something for yourself. Maybe this is the year that God says enough is enough. Stop medicating yourself. Amen. I'm your healer. That only makes matters worse. Amen. It's time for you to lay it down. It's time for you, amen, to change in this area. We could have our musicians and singers come back this morning. Change is coming. Change is coming. Will you embrace it or will you reject it? Do you have the courage that it takes to change? I ask us as a new Bethel body, do we have the courage that it will take to change? Well, pastor, you know about seven years ago, we made some incredible changes. Man, we had to really do some bending. We had to really be inventive. And we really had to, wow, we had to really do some change. That was seven years ago. 
Do you have the courage that it takes to change? Not only as a corporate body, but also as, a, as an individual? Will you ask God what He wants to change in you? See, we're really, really good. We all know. We all know. I know all the changes Clay needs to make. I mean, I know. <laughs> Jeremy, boy, let me, yeah. Ah, oh, she's perfect. I promise you, if I open it up, I'm not going to, but if I open it up, for anybody who had a suggestion for how Pastor Benson could change, we'd never get out of here, man. Everybody's got an idea. It's easy. We love, oh, we know what everybody else ought to change in their life. I'm not asking you to say, God, reveal to me. Reveal to me. What brother Kevin needs to change in his life. So I can give him a word. No. I'm not asking you to do that. You do that without me asking. Hey, it's human nature. I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest, okay? Sometimes you think I'm mean. I'm just honest. Amen. The question is, will you ask God what He wants to change in you in the coming year? Will you submit yourself to God and say, God, I'm open to change. God, I'm open to change at New Bethel. God, I I trust our leadership. God, I've seen you speak to our pastor before. I've heard our pastor say God is leading in this direction. I've I've seen the results of it. And and God, I trust our leadership. God, so God, if he says that you're speaking, change it. And if he he shares that and you give him more specifics, God, I'm with him. I'm behind him, Lord. I'm I'm with him. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing to submit to the changes that, that you may have for New Bethel. But even more important to that, God, I'm, I'm open and I'm willing to the changes that you want to make in my own personal life. God, I'm open to whatever it is you want to change in me and in my church. Would you stand with me this morning, please? Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed just for a moment this morning. I'm just taking a moment, but I do want to take this moment. Maybe you're here today and you've never made the ultimate change. And the ultimate change that we make in life is when we leave darkness and come into light. The ultimate change that we make in our life is when we are no longer a sinner, but we become saved and become a saint. You're here today all over this room, no one looking about. You'd like to make that change in your life today from darkness to light, from sinner to saint. I can lead you in a prayer this morning. I can help you get there today. If you're here and you're not 100% sure of your salvation, you want to make that change today. Just lift your hand up really high this morning. Let me recognize that you have lifted your hand. Then you can put it down. Not going to embarrass you, call you out, call your name, anything like that. Simply going to have a prayer with you this morning. Anyone in this room? Anyone in this room? Anyone in this room today? All right, God bless you. Thank you for raising your hand. Your hand now. Yes, thank you. Someone else this morning, I'm not 100% sure of my salvation. I want to make the ultimate change in my life. I want to change from darkness to light. I want to change from being lost to being saved. Will you join this young lady this morning? Anyone in this room? Anyone else this morning as we wait one moment? 
right, I'm going to ask this young lady this morning to pray this prayer with me this morning. I'm going to ask you to pray it from your heart and not just from your lips. Mean it with all of your heart, and if you do, the Lord will save you today. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me so she is not singled out and made to pray all by herself. Pray this prayer very simply. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I admit my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to change me from the inside out. I ask you to do for me what I cannot do for myself. I receive Christ as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord.